Welcome to the Madison Miller Podcast Special Edition show where I recap the 2023 MLB trade deadline. We're going to go over the trades that were and weren't made. And we'll discuss winners and losers. Alrighty. Um, so... Um, we're just going to go in random order here. Um, there's a couple trades that were announced after the buzzer, but that's okay. It happens. Um, the Guardians trade Josh Bell to the Miami Marlins for Khalil Watson and Gene Segura. The Guardians cut bait. With Segura afterwards, so it's really Josh Bell for Khalil Watson. Um, Khalil Watson, former first-rounder, goes to the Guardians in the deal. Josh Bell's bounced around the past couple of years. Um, Hasn't been good this year, but maybe a change of scenery in Miami will help him. I think um, Watson was like 11th or 12th in the Marlins system. And now the Guardians get him. And it's 15th in their system. That's because of how loaded that system is. So, um... But yeah, Watson this year is not good after uh, the injury because he started in rookie ball. That was just a two-game rehab assignment before going to advanced day. So he's only hitting 210 on the year. So maybe a change of scenery could do him wonders. And the same could be said for Josh Bell as uh, he'll look to give some pop to the Marlins lineup. Also, beating the buzzer was the Padres landing Scott Barlow in a deal with the Royals. So, Scott Barlow goes to San Diego and then Jesus Rios and Henry Williams go to the Royals in the deal. Um, their farm system's not as good as it was. And... I mean, Henry Williams is now ninth in the Royals system. Um, so they did get a nice prospect for Barlow, who um, the Padres now him have him and Josh Hader. So their bullpen's improved. And Barlow's been bad this year, so maybe a change of scenery could do him some wonders. And Henry Williams hasn't been much better in 
a ball. So, um, they probably could have done better than that in a Barlow trade if Barlow was having a better year at Kansas City. But maybe they liked Henry Williams so much. Um, so, that was another one. Um, the Orioles acquired Jack Flaherty from the Cardinals right before the buzzer. Um, so... Flaherty, now a member of the Baltimore Orioles, becomes the ace of their staff. 4.43 ERA this year. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. I don't really like this trade for Baltimore because Flaherty's a rental. And I felt that the Orioles needed to get somebody that was on their team control, unless if your name's Justin Verlander or Max Scherzer. And obviously those guys are in Texas now. So. Um, going back to the cards. Um, righty, Zach Showalter, who is in the bullpen. The O's number 16 prospect seats are Preto and lefty Drew Rom, who's the 18th prospect. So the return actually wasn't great for the Cardinals. So Preto is now ninth in the card system. And then And Drew Rom is twenty sixth in the card system. And Showalter twenty third. So that's interesting. So I think that's a fair return for a rental, but let alone a guy that hasn't been that good this year. So if Jack Flaherty turns it on and leads the O's rotation into a a big October, that'll be perceived as a win. But the price they gave up was not as strong as the two Texas teams is for Scherzer and Verlander and the Angels for Giolito. Giolito and Flaherty are like two similar pitchers in my opinion. Two guys that really had, like, that great year. Like, Flaherty had his best season in 2019. He came up in 17, was pretty good in 18. Awesome in 19. COVID was COVID. 21 was really good until he got hurt. And he's been mediocre the last couple years, and that's why the return the Cardinals got. Was not strong. Um, the Diamondbacks acquired Tommy Pham from the New York Mets. So the Mets really did um, sort of blow it up. 
And their turn was infield prospect Jeremy Rodriguez. Who I do not see in the top 30. So I don't hate this deal for the Diamondbacks at all. It gives them outfield depth. Um, somebody that's been in some big games in his career with the Cardinals. And the Padres on the team that made the uh, the postseason in the COVID year. So, and then he was on the Rays, but he missed that World Series year. So, um, that's a nice trade for Arizona, giving up a non-top 30 guy for Tommy Pham. So, um, that's the one Mets deal. I do not like. All right, so Erod nearly got traded to the Dodgers, and he rejects the deal as he invokes his 10-team no-trade clause. That's a disaster for the Dodgers. I'm sorry. You needed to land a pitcher at the deadline. Preferably a middle guy. Someone like Lucas Giolito. Somebody like Erod. Someone like Jack Flaherty. They got none of them. I understand Erod, the no trade thing. But that's a failure for the Dodgers. For not pivoting elsewhere. And try to overpay for Jack Flaherty or somebody like that. Or you could have even like... Try to get one of the Yankee guys if they decided to go in that direction. Or even um, somebody else that we're not really thinking about. Maybe Sonny Gray because you heard him in trade rumors again. Sonny Gray could have helped the Dodgers. So like very disappointing for the Dodgers to not pivot in that last hour and do something else. Um, the Philadelphia Phillies acquire Michael Lorenzen from the Detroit Tigers for Phillies number five prospect, second baseman, Hayao Yu Lee. Um, I like this deal for the Tigers more than I do for the Phillies. Um, Michael Lorenzen is a number five starter, and you gave up your number five prospect for a number five starter. And a guy that I don't really like the fit in um, Philadelphia. Michael Lorenzen actually would have fit on the Dodgers, believe it or not. Like, the Dodgers would have been a better fit. Atlanta would have been a good fit. Um, the Padres would have been an excellent fit. Um, the Brewers, if they decided to go in that direction, you could have talked me into that one. I don't know if I would have liked Lorenzen on the Chicago Cubs. 
he would have been excellent on the Minnesota Twins. But I just don't love the fit in Philadelphia with Lorenzen because they already have a good starting five. Nola, Zach Wheeler, Ranger Suarez, Taiwan Walker, and Christopher Sanchez has stepped up in a big way. But maybe they don't believe in Christopher Sanchez. Maybe there's an innings limit there. But in my proposed Otani trade that I did for them, I had Sanchez in the deal. Because that would have given the Angels a building block in their rotation. So I don't love the deal for Lorenzen. And plus, Lorenzen's a rental too. Having a career year. So this kind of reminds me of when they dealt for Kyle Gibson last year. But obviously, Gibson, um, they made the World Series, so it didn't matter. Um, or no, they acquired Gibson um, the year before they made their run. And he wasn't good in Philadelphia. So this was two years ago when they dealt for uh, Kyle Gibson. This is what this reminds me of. Kyle Gibson was having a career year at the Rangers two years ago. And the um, Phillies decided to take a chance. And meanwhile, Detroit getting Lee was a win. And Lee was tearing it up with uh, the Lakewood Blue Claws this year. So um, now the Jersey Shore Blue Claws. But I still refer to them as the Lakewood Blue Claws. That's ridiculous that they went to the Jersey Shore Blue Claws. But, so, Hayo Lee with the Tigers now, and that's a good guess for somebody having a career year. Um, And then the biggest trade of the day, the Houston Astros reacquire Justin Verlander from the New York Mets for outfield prospects. Drew Gilbert and Ryan Clifford. Gilbert was number one in the Astros system, and Clifford was four in the Astros system. The Astros won the day yesterday, and I think that they are now the overwhelming favorites to return to the World Series in the American League. Now with Verlander back in the fold. Um, But my issue with this with the Astros is why didn't you just re-sign him in the offseason? And then you maybe wouldn't have had to give up those two prospects for Verlander and you could have given up those prospects for somewhere like Salvador Perez or somebody like that that could have helped your lineup or or a bullpen guy or something. So Gilbert's fourth in the Met system and Clifford is sixth. So the Mets did an excellent job reshaping their farm system over the past couple of days. And they are in excellent shape to go out and, or somewhat good shape to go out and make a trade for somebody that could be available in the offseason, which we're going to do that at the end of the show. Go over guys that I think could be available in the Look back on it in the winter and be like, oh, yeah, I called that. So, um, great trade 
for the Astros and a really good return for the Mets after uh, the Padres and the Giants were in on Verlander as well. Um, the Blue Jays acquire Paul DeYoung from the St. Louis Cardinals. Paul DeYoung's having a bad year this year, but he does have 13 home runs. The reason why they got him was because of the injury um, to Bo Bichette. And Bo Bichette's awesome. And that injury can cost the Blue Jays a playoff spot. And a team like the Red Sox can easily take advantage of that. Seattle or the Angels or somebody like that. And um, going back to the cards in the deal was a minor league righty, Matt Svonson. Um, DeYoung hasn't been good in a couple of years. So the Blue Jays gave up something cheap to get DeYoung. And um, he's somebody that can come off the bench and get a big hit for you, too. So um, I understand why the Blue Jays did the deal because of Bichette's injury, but it was necessary for that reason. It's hard to don't. I uh, get some no-name reliever that's not even in that wasn't even in the Blue Jays top thirty. The Blue Jays also wanted T. Oscar Hernandez to bring him back, but the Mariners uh did not pull the trigger. Decide to uh, um they decided to hold on to him and try to uh, go for it a little bit. Um. The Padres acquire Rich Hill and Jai Man Choi in a deal with the Pirates. Um, so the Padres get another pitcher for their rotation, and then Choi is somebody that can get, get some pop. Three prospects go back to Pittsburgh. Jackson Wolf, who was like the like the 16th ranked prospect in the Padre system, Estuar Suero and Alfonso Rivas. Um, so getting um, Wolf in the deal is nice. Um, he saw a start with the Padres this year. Um, it wasn't great. And he was mediocre in double A this year. So, um, he was the price going back in the deal. And then, um, Rivas and Suero. None of those guys are ranked. Um, getting Wolves a good asset, but, um, and you never know with these other throw-ins and whatnot, but, um, not a bad trade for Pittsburgh, but um, a trade for the Padres that I um, don't really love either. Rich Hill's a good fit in San Diego because it's a big ballpark, so that part makes sense. Choi's a hit-or-miss guy. Um, somebody that really hit well 
in the AL East. We'll see how he does in the National League West against some of the good pitchers. And then they're also weighing offers for Austin Hedges, David Bednar, and Mitch Keller, but they ultimately held on to those players. Um, the Yankees acquire Kenyon Middleton from the White Sox. Um, Middleton, somebody that... Um, or Keenan Middleton. Um, Sonnen is having an okay year with the White Sox. Two saves. Um, this was kind of like a, a breakthrough in a way. He wasn't good the last several years. Was really good with the Angels early on before the pandemic. And then really is having a had a bounce back-ish year this year. Um somewhat close to what we saw early on in his career. Um, tends to give up some homers, though, which is a problem. His whip's okay. And going back to um, Chicago... Um, Juan Sorella, who um, I don't know if he was ranked in the Yankees um, system or not. It looks like he wasn't. I understand why the Yankees did this deal. It was because um, they needed some reinforcements in their bullpen. And some of the guys in their pen are either injured or underachieving this year. So I understand why they did it. And you can always have more bullpen arms. And they also acquired Spencer Howard from the Rangers for cash considerations. Um, Howard was a really highly touted prospect with the Phillies. And was dealt for Kyle Gibson and... I remember liking that deal for the Rangers at the time. He, he's been terrible this season, but it was only in three games out of the bullpen. Um, but he really hasn't worked out with Texas or Philadelphia, so the Yankees are just giving him another chance. Um, so that's that um so um winners and losers um I gotta admit there's a lot of losers all right we'll start in the American League East um the Baltimore Orioles to me are a loser because they could have done better than Jack Flaherty in their rotation and Flaherty's not having the best season and he's a rental Dylan Cease would have been perfect for them. They could have given up their whole farm without giving up just or Justin Holiday, um, Jackson Holiday, and doing that. 
unless if the Cardinals to or the White Sox demanded him in the trade, which they could have. But I, if it's because of Jackson Holiday, I understand. But you could have done the deal without Jackson Holiday for Dylan Cease. Um. So to me, the Orioles are a loser. Um, the Rays are a winner. Aaron Savali was a great ad for them. And he is somebody who I think fits Tampa Bay. He um, isn't a free agent until 2026, and the Guardians traded him before arbitration. But I love that deal for the Rays. He's been excellent this year on Savali. Um, the Blue Jays are a loser. Um, maybe it's because Boba Shett got hurt, but, um, Jordan Hicks has been okay this year. Um, they gave up a couple of prospects for him and, uh, he was terrible in his Blue Jays debut. So, um, that doesn't mean anything, but he hasn't been very good all year by his standards and what he's perceived to be. Um, and they could have gotten another reliever. Um, their rotation's in good shape. And I understand what they did, why they got Paul DeYoung. But I don't think they're any significantly better than they were before they made the trades. And that's kind of the point of the exercise. But again, they're probably a loser because of Bichette being injured. But that's not fair but at the same time, I don't think Jordan Hicks is a needle-moving trade for the Toronto Blue Jays. The Boston Red Sox, to me, are a loser. Um, they acquire um, Luis Urias from the Milwaukee Brewers, somebody that's been a bust prospect. Underwhelmed with the Padres. Um, was pretty good in 2021. Regressed in 22 and has been terrible this year. And they bought low on him to see if he can turn it around. But I still don't like this deal for Boston. They could have done better than Luis Urias. And they failed to address their rotation, which is a major problem. And I think that can cost them a playoff berth this year. The New York Yankees are also a big loser. Um... I understand why they did the middle deal, but they failed to improve an offense that's underwhelmed the entire season. And I understand Aaron Judge is coming off the injury, so he's not going to be the same. And the Yankees were in a very difficult spot because they were three and a half out of the wild card. And to me, if you're more than three back in the loss column, you should sell, but they were not three back. So they pretty much held and got the uh, reliever from the White Sox, who almost has a four-year array. So um, the Yankees did nothing to improve their offense, and Middleton's not a needle-moving move either, so they're a loser. Um, the AL Central, um, the Guardians are a winner, a big winner. Um they got the first baseman in the Savali trade, who I think is going to potentially be a star 
and Kyle Manzardo, who's now their number three prospect. Um, he was pretty good with the Durham Bulls this year, and he was excellent last year in Montgomery and in Bowling Green for Tampa. So now he's going to be in Columbus. Maybe this was like a buy low situation kind of, but, or I'm sorry, a sell high because he, um, he dipped after killing it in the uh, previous two levels before AAA. But I love the Guardians getting Manzardo in this trade. Um, the Twins are a loser. They did nothing to improve their starting rotation, um, which I'm not the biggest fan of. Um, and... Tyler Molly 60-day IL, Chris Paddock, 60-day IL. And right now it's Pablo Lopez, who hasn't been great. Sonny Gray, who's been pretty good. Joe Ryan has been okay. Kenta Maeda, he's a veteran. And Bailey Ober. Um, Bailey Ober, to me, um, he's actually been pretty good, better than I thought he was going to be this year. Um... Maeda has an ERA over 4.5. And then those two other guys are hurt. So I thought the Twins needed some help in their rotation. And it could have moved Bailey Ober to be the, be the long guy out of the bullpen. Which would have been great for them. And then Lorenzen in, on Minnesota would have been excellent. And then... They needed a reliever, and then their offense, to me, isn't very good either. So, the Twins, to me, are a loser. The White Sox, I think, are one of those gigantic winners of the trade deadline. Being a seller and selling off pieces, some of them which I think are worth less than their returns, such as Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez. Um... Giolito, 3.85 ERA. He actually has been uh, pretty good. He was okay in his Angels debut. Um, Last year, he stunk. The year before, he was okay. 2020, okay. Um, 2019. Um, he was sixth in the Cy Young Award. Um, 2017, when he made his debut at the White Sox, he was excellent. But yeah, I just think Lucas Giolito is a little bit overrated and uh, not worth what the Angels gave up for him and Lopez. And Lopez this year is a 4 ERA, which isn't great. And then back in that deal, they got um, Edgar Cuero. And Kai Bush. And Kai Bush, um, not off to the greatest start. 
in Birmingham. And he wasn't good in double-A with the Angels either. Um, and Cuero isn't off to the best start in double-A either, but was okay in double-A with um, the Angels. And then in A-ball last year at the Angels, he was excellent. So maybe they're trying to sell high on him a little bit. I thought that trade was great. And then for Lance Lynn, um, they got Nick Nestrini. And also Joe Kelly went in that Dodgers deal. As well, he's a 4.91 ERA. And Lance Lynn hasn't been very good this year. Um, Nestrini um, was okay in Tulsa. But his best work came in his first professional year in, um, when he was with A-ball with the Dodgers. So um, Nestrini's fifth in the White Sox system. Getting... Him and that uh, Lance Lynn, Joe Kelly trade. Was really good. And then Trace Thompson was in the deal. Obviously the brother of Clay Thompson, as we talked about already. And then Jordan Leisure. And then Nestrini was ninth in the Dodgers system. So that is a nice haul for two guys that have been underwhelming this year. And then the White Sox um, also get Jake Eater for Jake Berger as Berger goes to the Miami Marlins. In a trade. And. Um, Eater this year. 4.12 ERA. A little bit better in double A than in uh, A ball. So Eater. Was a nice get. Um. For Berger, who is having a nice power season for the White Sox and the Marlins, uh, jumped the gun on it. And they also trade away Kendall Graveman to the Astros for Corey Lee. And Corey Lee is not even in their top 30 because I think he graduated from prospect status, but he was a former first-rounder too. So the White Sox had an excellent trade deadline for sure. Um, The Tigers, we talked about them getting um, uh, Ha-Yu Lee. And then the E-Rod thing fell through. That... 
that stinks for the Tigers. And the Dodgers probably had the best offer. So the Tigers, to me, are a loser because the uh, the K-Rod thing didn't work out. They only got Hayu Lee for um, Lorenzen. But you could argue that's a win for them. But the fact that e- the E-Rod thing fell through makes them a loser. Um, and then you have the Royals, who are a loser because they could have gotten more for Barlow. And Sal Perez is somebody that they could have traded away too. ALS Astros, big winner. They get Verlander. It's like he never left. Rangers, winner. They get Scherzer. They get Montgomery. And they give up a hefty price in Acuna. But I think it's worth it if they um, go on some runs within the next year and a half. And... Um, Montgomery was a rental, obviously, and they, I think they did that knowing that Nathan Avaldi was hurt, so, um, oh, and Jacob DeGrom, so, I understand why the Rangers got the two starters, um, but they could have gotten another bat, and then they got Chapman earlier, who was having a bounce-back season after, uh, being miserable with the Yankees last year, um, Mariners loser, because they didn't um, they only traded the closer. And um, we talked about the return they got for Paul Seawald yesterday. But they could have dealt Ty France. They could have dealt Teoscar Hernandez. They didn't. Um, Angels, controversial but loser. Um, this is based on one fact that I think is going to potentially happen. Shohei Otani's going to leave in free agency, I think. And I feel that this is going to be a slap in the face to give up a bunch of great prospects for a guy that, to me, isn't an ace in Lucas Giolito and the guy in Reynaldo Lopez who is really polarizing only for... Uh, Giolito, who's a free agent to walk, and Otani to walk. I think they should have traded Otani, and they could have gotten Jackson Holiday in the deal. They could have gotten Anthony Volpe. They could have gotten um, Francisco Alvarez. They could have gotten Christopher Sanchez and some of the other good Philadelphia prospects. They could have gotten Diego... Kayarda from the Dodgers. They could have gotten some other guys. They, so that to me is the reason why I have them as a loser. But if Shoy Otani resigns and the Angels bring some of those guys back and they make the playoffs, you might have me change my mind. But right now they're a loser because of the Otani situation. Um A's a loser. They're a mess. They didn't trade anybody because they don't have anybody. They have literally no good players on that team. Um, you don't have to talk about the A's. Um, National League. Um, the Mets are a big winner. Getting um, Acuna for Scherzer and then getting those two outfielders for Verlander is a big win, which makes the other trades they made irrelevant. Um, Phillies, to me, are a loser. 
Um, Lorenzen, I just don't think is a good fit in Philadelphia. It kind of reminds me of when they got Kyle Gibson two years ago. Um, Nationals winner because they cashed in on Candelario, who's having a career year. We went over those prospects as well. Um, the Marlins are a winner. Um, they got Jake Berger. They got David Robertson. And Berger's having a career year as 24 home runs. And the Marlins needed a thumper in the lineup, and they got one that was having a career in Berger. And then um, they get David Robertson to improve their bullpen. So the Marlins are a winner. The Braves are a loser, but that's by default. They didn't do anything. But did they really have to do anything? I don't really think so. So they're a loser, but they could have gone for Verlander, and they didn't. And if they got Verlander, it would have been game over. Braves against whoever in the American League. But, no, it looks like we're headed for Braves-Astros for the second time in a three-year span. Um, So, the Braves are a loser because they didn't get Verlander or anybody, really. Um, the I'm missing somebody in that division. Oh, no, I did get that whole division. All right, NL Central. The Cubs are a winner. They get Hamer Candelario. He comes in, makes... Instant dividends in their offense. Um, and good on the Cubs for recognizing their situation and not selling and going for it. Um, the Brewers, to me, are a loser. Um, Mark Hanna, really? Um, that doesn't move the needle for me. So they're a loser. Um, the Cardinals. Um, this is an interesting one they did. Get some prospects for some of their guys. Um, they did cash in with Flaherty, who's having a career year. And they got some guys for Jordan Hicks as well. So I'm going to say a winner because they refurbished their farm system a little bit. But they could have done more. They could have traded Carlson and got... Something good. But for cashing in on guys that are in walkers is the only reason why the Cardinals are a winner. And plus, I needed some more winners because I had a lot of losers. Um, The Cincinnati Reds are one of the biggest losers, in my opinion. They needed some help in their bullpen and within their starting rotation. They failed. They're not any better than they were before the trade deadline. So... To me, the Reds are a loser, and it could cost them the division. Um, and the Pirates, to me, that's a hard one because they did get some stuff in return for Rich Hill and those guys. But I'm going to say they're a loser. They could have gotten a lot back for Bednar and Brian Reynolds. They didn't try to shop, even though they just extended him. Um, so... To me, the Pirates are a loser. Uh, the, I, the NL West. The Dodgers are a loser because E-Rod trade fell through. And Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly are not having good seasons. So the Dodgers are a loser. Um, and then they made that weird trade with the Mets. Which they um, trade away Phil Bickford and Adam Kolarek to the Mets, and the Dodgers get cash as a compensation. I I do not like that. 
for the Dodgers. I liked it more for the Mets than I did for the Dodgers. That was just a waste. So, yeah, the Dodgers, to me, disappointing trade deadline with Erod nixing the deal. They're a loser. The San Francisco Giants are a giant loser. No pun intended. Probably the biggest loser in that division. Um, AJ Pollock is washed. Absolutely washed up. I thought he was one of the more overrated players in baseball over the past several years. And to me, he's just not an impact player anymore. I understand why they did it. It was because Mike Yastrzemski's hurt, similar to the Blue Jays with Bo Bichette. And Yastrzemski being hurt just makes the blow even bigger for the Giants. Um, The Diamondbacks, that's a hard one for me. But to me, they're a winner. Um, Tommy Pham's having a nice year, improvement on offense. And... Um, they get the closer from Seattle, Paul Seawald. Um, they could have re- improved their rotation, but getting those two guys, I think, is somewhat of a win. But like I said, I needed some more winners in there than losers, even though, like I said, there's a lot of losers. Um, the Rockies are a loser. They didn't trade Chris Bryant or Charlie Blackman or really anybody of significance on that team. And then the Padres, that's a hard one, but to me, they're a loser because, um, I don't think Rich Hill and Jai Man Choi improved their chances of making the playoffs. So the Padres are a loser. So biggest winner-loser of each conference. American League's biggest winner is the White Sox because of all they got for um, the guys that they sold. But you could argue the Astros for getting Verlander back as well. But like from a buyer standpoint, the big winner is the Astros. But the seller standpoint, the big winner is the White Sox. The biggest loser in the American League period is the New York Yankees. Um, failed to improve their offense. That's been scuffling all season with washed up guys left and right. Refusal to cut Aaron Hicks before the season. Refusal to cut Josh Donaldson. Did nothing to improve that situation. And Aaron Judge is literally on one foot being a DH. And the National League's biggest winner, um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the New York Mets, because of everything they got for two 40-year-old pitchers that looked washed up at times this season on the Mets. But Verlander looked like he turned it around. Let's see if Scherzer turns it around on the Rangers. I think there's a chance he does. Because that would be LOL Mets. But the Mets did a good job cashing in on those guys. And then from a buyer standpoint, I think the winner of the National League from like a buyer's. Um, that's a hard one. I really like what the Marlins did. They improved their roster in a big way. And Jake Berger, I think, is a very good sleeper addition for the Miami Marlins. So I'm going to say the Marlins are your big buyer's winner. And then the loser of the National League, no doubt about it to me, is the San Francisco Giants. They're, them and the Yankees are the two biggest losers of the trade deadline. And the Giants are giant losers because A.J. Pollock is washed up and they did nothing to improve an offense that very that isn't very good either. Uh, their rotation's solid. Their bullpen could have used more arms. And to me, they're not going to make the playoffs, the San Francisco Giants. I would bet on them, no. They... 
probably will get passed by the Marlins and even the Phillies, even though I don't like the uh, Lorenzen ad. And obviously the Diamondbacks, who got better with Pham and the Seawald. So there you have it, the 2023 trade deadline show. Um, And then quickly I want to talk about um, guys that could be moved in the offseason. Um, to me, the one that stands out is Mike Trout of the Angels. Um, Otani might leave, and now all of a sudden that team's in blow-it-up mood. I think Giancarlo Stanton and Glaber Torres are going to be potential Yankee player fall guys. Um, I think another guy that could be on the move is Juan Soto because the Padres might not be able to financially afford to extend him. So they're probably going to have to trade him. Um, I think another guy that could potentially be traded in the offseason is Yankee starter Nestor Cortez because he had a career year last year and he regressed this year. So maybe they do um, something similar to some of what the, uh, the sellers were doing with their prospects. Um. And there's a couple other guys that I thought about for off-season trades, but none stands out to me more than Trout and Soto of the Angels and the Padres, respectively. If there's any more, maybe I'll mention them on the regular podcast on another day or maybe in September um, during like a power ranking segment or whatnot. All right, so I'll see you guys for the regular show.